Thursday, former FBI Director James Comey testified in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee. It commanded intense media coverage with major networks airing the two and a half hour public hearing. And it was pretty compelling television. But what exactly went down? What are the key takeaways for the multiple investigations into Russian meddling in the 2016 election? And what does today's testimony from James Comey amount to for President Trump? I'm Allison Michaels, and this is a special break-in episode of Can He Do That?, a podcast that explores the powers and limitations of the American presidency. Today, national security reporter Matt Zapotosky is back on the show to explain what happened at this hearing, why it matters, and what happens next. Matt, thank you so much for being here. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So first of all, let's just establish this. Why was James Comey testifying today? What was the purpose of this particular hearing? Well, the Senate Intelligence Committee called him because they wanted to hear about the circumstances surrounding his firing and and surrounding some interactions he had with the president before his firing. In the weeks leading up to this hearing, it had been publicly reported that the president had, I guess, pressured Jim Comey to end an investigation into former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. It had also been publicly reported that the president asked the former FBI director to pledge loyalty to him, which is pretty unusual for a president to be asking of an FBI director. So the same committee that is investigating Russian meddling in the 2016 presidential election wanted Jim Comey to come in and and answer for all of this. It had just been sort of All of that had been publicly reported just in whispers and things from people close to Comey. So this was kind of his opportunity to come in and and set the record straight. So they wanted something on the record, essentially. Yeah, they wanted him to actually tell this story in all its gory detail. And, and, you know, he, he delivered. Yeah. So before we get into how he delivered, let's just rewind to yesterday when Comey released a public statement. Well, I guess it was actually a statement that he had given to the Senate Intelligence Committee that they then made public. Right. Um, And that statement had the details of his interactions with Trump. Can you explain what were the highlights of that particular statement? Right. So this statement was a little bit of a timeline. Often when people are going to testify before a congressional committee, they have an opening statement. And typically we get that kind of in the in the minutes before, essentially. This came out the day before. It was a lot more robust than most opening statements. It wasn't just you know, thanks for having me. I'm eager to take your questions. It was a robust timeline of dating even to before the election of all Jim Comey's interactions with Donald Trump. And it just lays out this this narrative um, over the course of a couple months. They meet several times. Early on, President Trump sort of brings up Jim Comey's job. The FBI director generally is appointed to a 10-year term. That's that's in place so that that position is not influenced by politics. President Trump weirdly brings up Jim Comey's job as if it's not secure. He asks him to pledge loyalty, as I mentioned a little earlier. Jim Comey, we would later learn, sees these as connected. It's kind of like, well, if I'm loyal to you, I can keep my job. Subsequent to that, the president brings up Mike Flynn, his former national security advisor who's under investigation. He asks Jim Comey, you know, I hope you can let this go. Jim Comey interprets that as, as um, a little perverse, as not the way that, that things should go down. And then, you know, later on he gets fired. So this, this I keep calling it a memo, but this testimony that's down in writing just lays out the timeline. It's organized by date. So it's like 
January 27th, you know, March, I forget the date in March, but it's like a timeline of all these interactions with the president and detailed descriptions of each of those events. So then today, he didn't actually repeat that statement, but he faced questions from the from the Senate Intelligence Committee. So let's go through some of those moments that we saw today. So the first moment I'll ask you about is Comey said specifically that Trump never actually asked him to stop the Russia investigation, right? What's your take? Right. So there's a weird nuance here. And a lot of the legal analysts I've talked to say that Jim Comey is being pretty generous to President Trump. But this is a conversation about Mike Flynn. President Trump, by Jim Comey's account, brings up Mike Flynn and asks him to to let let this go, or he hopes he will let this go as far as Mike Flynn. Mike Flynn is the former national security advisor. He's a key player in this Russia coordination investigation, but he's got issues kind of that are all his own. Jim Comey said today that what the Bureau was focusing on when they have this conversation was whether or not Mike Flynn had lied to investigators and also his Russian context. But Jim Comey interprets this ask from President Trump as inappropriate, but just about Mike Flynn, not about the broader Russia coordination investigation. Again, legal analysts I've talked to say, well, Mike Flynn is such a key player in that. How can Jim Comey be narrowing down on, well, the president was just talking about Mike Flynn. He wasn't trying to shut down the broader Russia probe. I think Jim Comey would say, well, because in subsequent conversations, President Trump suggests, you know, I'm okay with you doing this Russia investigation if some satellite people in my orbit have problems. I hope you get to the bottom of those. But he does seem concerned with getting Jim Comey to back off Mike Flynn. It's hard to say why. I guess Mike Flynn was a close person on the campaign and in the administration, though Trump by this point had cut him loose. Yeah. So this is interesting. I I plan to ask you about Michael Flynn because he is just so clearly a central figure here. We've done an entire episode dedicated to him. But today, did we learn anything new about Michael Flynn? Well, sort of. We learned that when they have this conversation, that is when President Trump and Jim Comey have this conversation about Mike Flynn, he is firmly in the crosshairs. We kind of knew that. We knew that investigators had been focused on this conversation he had in late December with Sergei Kislyak, who's the Russian ambassador, where they discussed sanctions. Um, that's a big no-no when you're the incoming administration. Uh, it's it's a no-no under a statute that I think has never been charged, but it's generally frowned upon. The Logan Act. Yeah, the Logan Act. We also know, and we learned a little more detail about this today, but we, we had heard that Mike Flynn was potentially under investigation for having lied to FBI agents who came to ask him about this conversation with Sergei Kislyak. And Jim Comey today made it very clear, like he was in the crosshairs for, you know, for that contact itself, but also for lying to or potentially lying to FBI investigators about that. I don't know that we knew just how strong the FBI felt about that. We, you know, I had seen reports in other papers that, well, maybe they they weren't going to charge Mike Flynn with regard to this. But Jim Comey made very clear today, Mike Flynn was firmly in the crosshairs, and this is why. So another thing that happened today is that Comey said the president himself was not under investigation. Was this the first time that we had heard Comey confirm that? He did confirm that in the written testimony from yesterday, and then he kind of reiterated that today. There was an interesting dynamic with this in that Republicans were questioning Jim Comey about all this stuff has leaked about Russia. Why had it never leaked that the president was thrice told he wasn't under investigation? And Jim Comey said, I don't know. I find matters that are brief to the gang of eight 
uh, are pretty tightly held. I would say, look, it was out when the president fired Jim Comey. He wrote in his letter, you told me three times I wasn't under investigation. Right. Um, now, I don't think anyone really trusted that at the time, but but it was out there. The president had asserted it. If he, if he had the credibility that people would have trusted it, then maybe it would have you know, spread more widely, I guess. Another interesting thing that happened today was that Comey said the Trump administration defamed him. That was the phrase he used. He also said that he kept notes of conversations with Trump because he was specifically concerned that the president, and this is quoting him, might lie about the nature of that meeting. He was really kind of going after the character of President Trump here. Is that striking? Yeah, and just the White House generally. I mean, after Jim Comey was fired, the White House kind of portrayed this narrative that Nobody at the Bureau liked Jim Comey, that the Bureau was in a state of disarray, and that clearly affected Jim Comey personally. He was really mad about that. And early in his testimony, he came after the president about that. I mean, using the words, you defamed me, that's pretty intense. And I he think he outright used the word lie, too. So that was striking to me that he would come after President Trump in such blunt and forceful language. Yeah, it was very surprising. Let's talk about Loretta Lynch. So there was this moment where she was addressed in the hearing today, multiple times, actually. Former Attorney General Loretta Lynch told Comey, according to his testimony, to call the Hillary Clinton email investigation a matter instead of an investigation. What's interesting about that? Well, look, it's interesting in a number of respects. One, we know that at the time they have this conversation that Loretta Lynch tells Jim Comey, call this a matter, not an investigation. The FBI had a criminal investigation into Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server. So Jim Comey is bristling in part because, hey, we're understating things here. We have an investigation. We are the Federal Bureau of Investigation. That's what we do. We don't look into matters. We don't scrutinize things. We investigate. The other reason this is maybe even more troubling or more troubling to Jim Comey is that the campaign was trying to use this weird language surrounding investigation. He was suggesting, Jim Comey that is, suggested that Loretta Lynch and the campaign were kind of lining up on this point. I don't think he went so far as to say this was intentional, but it made him uneasy that the campaign was trying to say she's not under investigation and Loretta Lynch is kind of suggesting language that supports that, that made him feel like the investigation, that Loretta Lynch's involvement in the investigation might not be such a good thing and that if she ultimately had to decide to decline to prosecute, people wouldn't trust that. Uh, you know, I can remember back when this happened and the campaign so was so forceful about this is not an investigation, this is a security review. And even back then, I, I remember wondering, like, well, what the heck is a security <laughs> review? And Jim Comey eventually would come out and say, we don't we do not do that. We're the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And today he revealed more detail. He even said, it's not just me who's saying the language lined up. Jim Comey said that he was concerned about the campaign's language and Loretta Lynch's language lining up and that giving him pause about the independence of, of her decision making. Yeah. And it contributed to his decision to speak out publicly about the Clinton investigation. Yeah, from, that's right. From what I understand. So here's a big development from today, at least from my perspective. Comey says... And so I asked a friend of mine to share the content of the memo with a reporter because I thought that might prompt the appointment of a special counsel. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, what I make of that is, look, Jim Comey plays the game. I mean, he plays the <laughs> game in Washington. Uh, he, he was a leaker. Um, you know, he had these memos. He wanted to spark up a special prosecutor. He knew the way to do that would be to get 
someone to quietly whisper about this to a reporter. I think the New York Times was the first one to report on that. So, I mean, he's a gamer, you know. Uh, he, he portrays himself as this independent, honest, forthright guy. But make no mistake, he's a Washington insider who knows how things work here. So he repeatedly said that he couldn't answer certain questions in an open session. Can you just explain why there are certain things that can't be said in public? Well, right. So a lot of the questions that he sort of rebuffed that way were because they touched on one of a couple things. One was the ongoing Russia criminal, you know, or counterintelligence probe. And he's not going to get into details there that could compromise the investigation or that could make the special counsel's work any more difficult. The other details of that probe, too, are just outright classified, like the government has determined they should not be publicly released. So he can't get into those either. There were some tantalizing tidbits, though. I mean, one in particular, he mentioned that, well, the FBI knew some facts about Jeff Sessions, so they figured that he would be recused, but he can't get into that in an open session. It's like, oh, my gosh, what do you know, you know? Um, and you'd hope if it's something innocuous, he'll come out and clarify. But but that's why if it's part of an ongoing investigation or if it's classified, that's why he can't talk about it in public. Yeah, that Jeff Sessions moment was one that I remember. And also when he was asked about the the Russian bank VEB, he, he also kind of gave the same reason for not being able to speak about that one publicly. But But that was really interesting to me. I mean, did it imply something? I mean, I took it to imply something. It implies that the Bureau knows something about Jeff Sessions that they can't say in public. And Jeff Sessions, of course, is the Attorney General of the United States, also a Trump ally who has had some contacts with Russians that he didn't disclose. I mean, there are issues that we already know about him. And Jim Comey is saying maybe there's something we don't know. That's pretty explosive. Now, I would say that in previous testimony when it came to Hillary Clinton, Jim Comey does have a has a history of exaggerating, I would say, when he talked about a top Clinton aide and her practice of email forwarding. He, he made a pretty serious misstep. I would hope he didn't do that with Jeff Sessions here. I would hope that there actually is something. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. What was that misstep you're referring to? When he was testifying about Huma Abedin, he, uh, he talked about how she had forwarded hundreds of thousands of emails to her husband, Anthony Weiner. It turns out it was Far, 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 far fewer. In fact, there was like an automated backup process that was the reason these emails were ending up on her husband's computer. And that his characterization of it unfairly portrayed her as very careless with classified information just as a matter of routine forwarding everything to her husband. When in, in fact, that wasn't true. And he later clarified that that wasn't true. Yeah. And that was in his testimony. That was a day or two before he was fired by President Trump. Yeah, that's right. And, and the Trump administration kind of tried to use that as a justification for firing him, his whole handling of the Clinton case generally, although then eventually President Trump just came out and said, actually, I was thinking about the Russia investigation. The GOP defense right now seems to be a focus on this word hope, which is that Comey says Trump told him, quote, I hope you will let this go, not you will let this go. I order you to let this go, but I hope so. He did not direct you to let it go. Not in his words, no. They're making this sort of legal, not not really political argument, which is interesting, by saying this, by, by resonating with this hope point. Why do you think Republicans are choosing to go that way? So the specific words do matter here, because if we're talking about an obstruction of justice case, what you're trying to get at is the president's intent. You know, what was he wanting Jim Comey to do? And you kind of have to prove two things. One, you have to prove that he was sort of actively trying to impede an investigation. And two, he had corrupt intent. And if he's just expressing a generalized hope that this thing will go away, 
maybe, just maybe, you don't even get to the to the first part of that, that he's trying to shut down an investigation. But a lot of the legal analysts I talk to say that's a pretty fine line that Republicans are walking. And Jim Comey testified that even though he used the specific word hope, and Jim Comey was pretty clear about that, um, Jim Comey took him to be giving direction. I mean, before he used that word, the president had cleared the room. So it was just him and the FBI director and Jeff Sessions and Jared Kushner had actually lingered behind, which Jim Comey took to mean they knew something was amiss and they shouldn't be going. But eventually the president shooed them out of the room. And then he says, I hope you'll let this go. So you have some Republicans hanging their hat on, well, it's the fine language. And then the president's lawyer is saying, no, he never in some or substance said, shut this thing down. So that's an issue that those things aren't lining up. Like, did it happen and it happened this way and you don't think that's wrong or did it not happen at all? Yeah. So speaking of Trump's lawyer, he recently spoke just this afternoon after Comey's testimony, Mark Kasowitz. He made a statement criticizing Comey for for taking notes about these conversations and, and also for releasing the details of those notes from what he called privileged communications with the president. Is that a strong case? Is that a better argument than the hope line? Well, it doesn't necessarily help Donald Trump just that Jim Comey did this. I mean, the fact that these notes exist would help Jim Comey. They're kind of contemporaneous records with the events. Uh, I read that as Trump's lawyer just trying to point to – just point the finger at Jim Comey and say, look, you kept these memos. You leaked them. You know, we should go after you, the leaker, which is like a common tactic of this White House when there's an issue to say we should go after the people talking about it rather than go after the issue itself. I suppose in some roundabout way you could say that, well, Jim Comey leaked about this stuff after the fact. And and the, the Trump lawyer has made this point. And that's just a reaction to him having been fired. He's a, essentially a disgruntled ex-employee who wants revenge, so maybe we shouldn't believe his account. I mean, I suppose that would be an argument to to Trump's favor, but, but I don't know how many people believe that. And, and these are contemporaneous records. It's not like he creates these memos all, as far as I understand, all on the day after he was fired or something like that, though we, we still haven't seen the memos. Right. So... It, those are kind of the key moments from the day, but the, the overarching takeaway really seemed to be that Comey, it appears, it, it appears that he was laying out kind of like a trail of crumbs for an obstruction of justice case. He, he didn't go so far as to say that it is, in fact, obstruction of justice. He said repeatedly that he leaves that to Robert Mueller, who's leading the special prosecutor investigation. But do you think that his that that was a smart move? What do you even think that he was laying out a case for obstruction? I absolutely think he was laying out a case for obstruction. I mean, e- any of these incidents by themselves is probably not obstruction of justice, even just the I hope you'll let this go conversation. But what Jim Comey did both in his written testimony yesterday and in his testimony today is present this timeline just packed with detail and context where we sort of start, you know, in January after President Trump finds out from Sally Yates that Michael Flynn is under investigation. Um, He's around this time attaching loyalty to Comey's job. Then he's after he does that, he's making an ask of Comey shut down this Flynn investigation. And then when the Flynn investigation isn't shut down after a couple more kind of seedy interactions, Jim Comey loses his job. And Jim Comey says today, though it was obvious that, look, I lost my job because of the Russia investigation. The president himself has said so. So 
Jim Comey is a former prosecutor himself. He's the former deputy attorney general. He knows what obstruction of justice is, and I'm sure he knows that's what he was laying out. It is true that he said, uh, essentially, uh, not in these words, but I'm not going to come to that legal conclusion. That's something Bob Mueller is investigating, and, and that's true. You know, I wouldn't expect him to come out and say, I'm recommending you, Bob Mueller, charge President Trump with obstruction of justice. Bob Mueller couldn't even do that. But uh, I think he clearly knew what he was doing and, and what he was doing was laying out an obstruction of justice case. And we'll see what Bob Mueller in Congress, we'll see how they take that. Yeah. So that's really my next question, which is what does everything that happened today mean for, for first the Senate Intelligence Committee investigation, but also all of the other investigations? So uh, on the question of obstruction of justice, I think this really puts it and is particularly important for Congress. I think it, it gives them a lot more evidence on that question of obstruction of justice. The special counsel's investigation is still going to be ongoing. I expect that Bob Mueller already knew everything that Jim Comey said today. I expect, I know that they already talked and I expect that Jim Comey was not going to surprise him with something in this hearing. Bob Mueller, though, there's Justice Department legal opinion that says the special counsel, no one can indict or prosecute the president in a criminal court. So it's up to Congress to impeach if if we got that far and we might not be that far. So what I expect Bob Mueller will do now is just kind of go back to work looking at the Trump campaign generally, looking at associates of Trump's, looking at this broad issue of coordination. Jim Comey said obstruction will be on his mind and I'm sure it and I'm sure it will be, but I also think he's not going to lose focus on kind of the heart of the issue here, which is whether the Trump campaign coordinated with the Kremlin to influence the 2016 election. And we didn't get anything totally new along those lines today. Not that I expected we would have. So I expect Bob Mueller will go back to doing his work. And I expect Congress, I mean, I could already sort of see this in what Marco Rubio said today, like he wouldn't come out and defend the president. He said, we just need more information on the question of obstruction. I think this is something that that Congress probably will take up more seriously now that this has all been laid out and something they'll look into a little more seriously. Yeah. Well, so I guess my final question to you is just kind of where does the story go from here? What happens next, specifically over the next few days and then kind of in the weeks to come? Well, I think it goes a couple of places. One, Jim Comey, as we've discussed, had some tantalizing non-answers. So, you know, why did he not want to talk about VEB? Why did he not want to talk about Jeff Sessions? So as reporters, we'll be looking into those things. Um, the question of obstruction is still a big one. And I think we have some reporting to do to determine is this obstruction? What would happen if it's determined it is? We and Bob Mueller would have have that question. Um, and, you know, look, then we just need to wait to see what the special counsel comes up with. I mean, for, set aside obstruction for a second. Like, w were there other financial crimes involved here? Was there coordination between the Trump campaign and the Kremlin to influence the 2016 election? I imagine that investigation is going to take time. That's not something we'll know in the next couple of days, but the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months, we'll be we'll be looking for that, and we'll be looking for steps along the way that we can report on that could indicate where they're going, whether that be subpoenas or interview requests, and I would expect both. You know, we'll look for those and, and try to report on them. I know I told you that was the last question, but I have one more, which is a lot of us expected Trump to be live tweeting angry responses to this. We didn't see that today. Did that surprise you? A little bit. Um, you know, 
that is definitely the smart play. I kind of joked on Twitter before it started that I thought Mark Kasowitz would be smart to just throw Trump's phone in a body of water. <laughs> um, maybe he did uh, because the president didn't say anything about it. And so far, the only reaction we've had is from Trump's lawyer. Now, who knows what will happen at 6 a.m. tomorrow? I know the president has a habit of waking up early in the morning and sharing some thoughts. I think his reacting to this, though, could only put him in more jeopardy. Like, it's hard to imagine a response that would help him. It, it could just be used in either a public or, a uh, you know, some kind of legal case against him. So it was smart not to tweet, but I am surprised that he didn't. Yeah. Matt, thank you so much for being here. I know it is incredibly busy for you, so I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. If you guys want to know more about the Russia investigation, about Michael Flynn specifically, about different intelligence news that has broken along the way up to this point, go back to our feed and check out some of our other episodes. We have covered this extensively. Or if you've already listened to all of those, you guys can follow Matt Zapatosky on Twitter at Matt Zap. And as always, you can follow me, Allison Michaels, at Allison Mikes. Plus, if you like this show, do us a favor and share it. Tell your friends and then write a review wherever you get your podcasts. Also, tune in tomorrow for a new regularly scheduled episode. You won't want to miss it. Can He Do That is a team effort here at The Post. It's produced by the wondrous Carol Alderman, who is doing double duty this week, with design help from Kat Rudell-Brooks and logo art from Loren Boglio. If you like Can He Do That?, you should check out some of our other great podcasts, like Cape Up with Jonathan Capehart, where Jonathan's interviews reveal the people behind today's biggest news. Or try Presidential, where host Lillian Cunningham spent a year exploring the character and legacy of each of the American presidents. You can find these shows anywhere you listen to podcasts and learn more online at WashingtonPost.com slash podcasts. The Washington Washington Post. Washington Post. Post.